Preparing financially for international adoption is, I think, an important part because you really have to make sure that you understand the cost of it, number one, and the time that you invest. Because I think it's more than just your finances, tr truly, because it's your time, right? Your emotions, because you're going to put in all this time investing hours and hours over paperwork. And also you're going to spend time talking with your, with your spouse or your partner, and you're going to spend time reviewing things online, reading things and thinking about them. So you really, 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 truly, you want to understand what is it that you are looking for in your family that you want to have, that you want to bring to your child? What kinds of experiences are you looking forward for your child? And just really holding onto those exciting ideas because it can be easy to get really pushed down when things don't go your way. There's a delay. The money is really running tight. So you really have to team together to really make it happen and really just think about what kind of a lifestyle do I want to have with my children? Where are you in the process of adoption? So we are in the matching phase. Our home study has been completed and now we have been approved to proceed to the international part. So international adoption has a whole bunch of intricacies and there are a lot of paperwork, but I'm excited that we've gotten through some of the initial hurdles of getting our home study approved. And from here, we'll just be working with our adoption agency to be able to work through our requests of what we'd like to adopt and also uh, the availability of what the agency would like to match us with in the Philippines. So why did you choose the Philippines? So great question. I'm originally uh, from San Diego and come from a big Filipino American family. And so I wanted to kind of have a child from the Philippines because I really feel strongly that it's a beautiful country and also the people are wonderful. And so I wanted to have an opportunity to kind of engage with my heritage and also be able to connect with a child who needed a home. Yeah, that was one of the first reasons. My other reason for adopting from the Philippines is that I also look through a myriad of different programs for adoption. And it seems like there are a lot of expenses with each of them and there's a lot of considerations. So one other reason I chose the Philippines is that they're a hog certified country. And so basically what that means is that the country does their best efforts to find a home for the child that has a blood relative. So before even having anyone else up for adopting the child, they'll look through and say, can an aunt, uncle, grandparent, can someone take care of this child and give them a sense of family that 
before we try to have someone else try and take care of them. So that was really important to me. And so I also chose them for that reason. Now the adoption agency that you're working with, how did you choose them and what is their name? It's Family Community Services. They're in Sterling Heights, Michigan. It's a very small organization. It was a word of mouth referral. I did look at several other agencies in the area, but the program that I chose was based off of number one, the person who I worked with was super personable. I remember calling around to try and ask people about their program and their fees. And obviously I'm a deer in the headlights. I don't know what I'm doing. And everyone was very matter of fact and no one felt personable. And this is a very personal experience for me. And so when I met Amy, my director for the agency, she was so personable. She wanted to meet, sit down, meet, and talk me through and answer my questions. So I think anyone who really wants to find an agency really needs to understand not just how much does it cost, but hey, do I like the person who I'm working with? Are they available to answer my questions? Can they walk me through this journey? Because I will be working with them quite a lot. And so if I'm not able to get some of the initial questions answered, you're really going to struggle. And so that's really why I chose her because she was able to walk me through so much of the initial questions. That's really, really important. I love that. I'm glad that you pointed that out because, you know, when I've talked to so many people, they do focus on that number of Gosh, it costs so much money. You know, a lot of the international adoptions that I've talked to, they're spending thirty and forty thousand, if not more, and and that is overwhelming. So that's really, really key that you pointed out. It's also that interpersonal relationship that that's the person that you're going to be working with, possibly a year, two, three years down the road. Yep, absolutely. And you know, it is really expensive, and there is kind of that sticker shock because you're thinking. I could buy a car or put a down payment on a house for that much. Gosh. So I think when I really started thinking about it, you know, I started thinking about, you know, what are my values and what kind of life do I want to provide for my child? And what am I able to accommodate, you know, in a re reasonable way? Because I think everyone has their own opinion. Your family will have your own opinion. Your friends will have their own opinion. But at the end of the day, you need to know, that when you're in your house, you feel comfortable with this situation. And as long as you feel comfortable with that situation, that's the only person that you need to please. You don't need to please the in-laws. You don't need to please your siblings. You don't need to please anyone else. As long as you are happy with it, your spouse, if, if you have a spouse or your partner is okay with it, that is all that matters because it is very daunting to kind of just think about all, everything all at once and try to accommodate everyone. Right, right. So speaking of your spouse, how long have you guys been married? Just celebrated five years this month. Yay, congratulations. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So you're kind of newlyweds, but not really. You're yeah. <laughs> just kind of getting out of the honeymoon phase, right? <laughs> this is where the stuff hits the fan. I'm just <laughs> So what, what are you doing to help keep your marriage alive during the adoption process? We try to have date nights on a weekly basis. And so one thing that we've invested in recently has been this rock climbing membership. And so when we were really busy, because my husband was in grad school, I was working full time supporting our family and we were really trying to pay off debt. So we paid everything off. But of course, as you can imagine, you're just really busy. And so we found that once we paid off the debt, we had extra money around and we said, we don't really see each other. 
it can cause some tension. Why are we working so hard to accomplish these goals when really we're not even being intentional about how we're approaching our relationship? So what we ended up doing is we invested in this rock climbing thing and now we go together and it's a really, it's a very collaborative kind of team work building activity. It can be stressful sometimes, <laughs> but it's good because we're both there for each other. We both support each other. And then on top of that, we started getting uh, really connected at church. And my husband has been just so supportive. Like we'll, we'll watch things together. We'll, we really, we kind of are, are uh, joined at the hip, I guess. So yeah, just really spending strategic time for date nights, spending times, not only just being physically together, but interacting with each other. Because I think it's easy to just be in the same room without mentally being in the same room. If you know right. what I mean? Yeah, no, I totally do. I, I just um, recently interviewed, uh, it hasn't aired yet because I just interviewed him this week, but it was a clinical social worker. And he talked about that importance of having fun with your spouse and how that helps you to connect with each other. And, and, you know, when you're going through that, the adoption, you're so focused on that goal. Sometimes you forget along the wayside, like your journey to adoption like being able to get there. And so I'm really glad that you are doing something together as a husband and wife and intentionally setting aside money to be able to do that. Yeah. And, and that's a good point too. You're right. You I am, I will admit I'm the first person to have tunnel vision. So when I am a goal, I cannot be distracted and, and it can be a detriment to myself because right. I'm so busy. I'm not being in the moment. I'm not being in the present. I'm not experiencing the joy of this relationship. And that's what it is really going to set the groundwork of what your children will experience, the interactions that will be modeled to your family. And so, you know, I kind of had to check myself a little and go, well, you know, I really haven't been intentional and what can I do to change it? So we actually celebrated for our anniversary. We went on a huge trip and it was so great. We went to Athens and we got to spend a couple of days. We took time off of work. We cleared our schedules and it was just amazing it was so great to be with my best friend going to see the world together and just being like okay let's just have fun and you're right there has to be fun in a relationship otherwise your relationship will feel like work and that's not what it should be now um after the adoption you know what what are you planning how are you planning financially for after when you adopt yeah so the plan is after we adopt that well, from a vocation standpoint, which ties into the finances, my husband will be working full time. I'm going to take three to six months off. We have already set aside a fund for the, the transition for, you know, expenses like, you know, making sure that we can see doctors or playtime. It's, it's kind of difficult to know exactly what that number amount will be yeah. because of the complications with, I don't know the age, I don't know the actual person I've been matched with. So I think I'll know better how much to estimate, but we do have a fund saved for the, the baby or child. The thought is we're just going to live basically off of my husband's income just because we are kind of frugal people and we don't really like to go crazy with a lot of spending habits, but I think we do want to have money, not just for the bare essentials, but also for fun things like, okay, we want to go to a class together 
But the first three to six months, I think, will be really critical because there's a lot of extra things that I have to think about, like, you know, are there large medical expenses that this child will need? Do they need an operation? If that's the case, then how much does it cost? You know, and then I have to consider my insurance. So now what I'm doing to prepare for that is I'm contributing at a higher rate for my HSA. So I can be not only in preparation for that expense on my personal savings, but also kind of have that money set aside and go, okay, I know that I don't have an exact dollar amount, but I'd rather be prepared. So putting that money aside now will make me feel better that once this child comes, I have some money put aside for this child. And um, so that's kind of where we're starting at. I love that you're putting money into your health savings account. I think that's, you know, that's forward thinking, that's intentional uh, living because you're so focused on the gathering the adoption funds to like be able to like proceed for the adoption. But then there's that after, you know, the medical expenses afterwards. And I love, I really love that you are doing that. That's really fantastic. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I, I'm so glad I, I opened my health savings account. I'd never really had before. And so now I'm like, why did I do this so much longer ago? <laughs> it's like this hidden secret, right? <laughs> yeah. What? I never knew this was a thing. <laughs> so tell me about some of the obstacles that you've experienced that may have detoured you or maybe halted you on your process towards getting your funds together for adoption. I would say there's a couple of obstacles not just financially, but also income wise. So the first thing I would say is a misunderstanding of the fees and how they're paid. I think it's really important to talk to the social worker and any other person at the agency to help explain what the expectations are throughout each process. For example, there's a lot of fees involved. It can be really overwhelming. So if you, again, have that good relationship with your agency to say, I really don't understand these fees. Can you please explain them to me? Because I think there were moments where I had a fee sheet and then my agency director said she had a fee sheet, but they were different. And I was feeling overwhelmed because obviously, and this is what I communicated to my agency director was, I'm fine with the dollar amount. I just need you to tell me how much it is and why that fee is being charged. And just being open and honest and just explaining it, I think that is much better than getting angry and bitter and overwhelmed. So I think that was communication number one. And as far as the, the funds we were able to pay it, that was no problem. I think saving along the way is really important too. So as you and I have talked kind of over online, I think you're right. Having a, a fund specified for the adoption is important too. So every month, whenever we would get paid, we knew that, okay, we've already communicated to the agency director. It's going to be X dollar amount at this time. We know the timeline we've communicated. We can pay at this date. Now let's go ahead and save this dollar amount to reach the goal by that time. So I think um, we're fortunate, and I don't know that every agency is like this, that our, our payments are kind of segmented and broken up over time. So I don't have, you know, a $20,000 bill due in one day. It's, it's just been kind of 
periodically charged. So I think we have another charge coming up and um, we're saving for that right now. So having that that extra account is helpful. And then I think also asking, I guess, what are the kinds of timeframes that you're looking at? Because they will vary. You know, you could have one spread out for payments or you could have something due really close next to each other. And then you don't want to feel like you're scrambling. You want to make sure that you understand when the money is due, how much is due, and why it's due. If you understand those three things, you're in a great spot. Tell me about some of the obstacles that you have. You, you mentioned income. Mm-hmm. Have you had any other in- obstacles that have stopped you or kind of detoured you? Or Yeah, so pause on, yes. So my husband and I are really kind of ambitious people. So we have, from the time that we started, which was a year ago, we have switched jobs uh, two times. So one for me and then one for my husband. And so because of that, we had to update the home study, which costs extra money. And recently my husband was let go from his company. And so I asked my social worker, I said, hey, this is what happened. You know, we really want to keep moving forward, but we understand that I believe the home study needs to be updated. Can you clarify how much money does that mean? Do I qualify based off of my income alone? What is the issue? How can we resolve this? So basically the social worker said, you qualify on your income alone, because at the time my husband was unemployed. And I said, well, essentially, what is the best route? And she said, we feel confident that your husband can get employed, which he did. And so now we have to re-verify our income, update the home study, pay that extra fee. And then after that, we'll have another fee for the agency to, to work on the international part. So that has been kind of a challenge. And I say challenge because it it has made us really think about the large life transitions that we have to make because everything has to be planned. And uh, you really don't have the flexibility, unfortunately, to just pick up and move whenever you want. You really have to think, how is this going to impact the adoption, which is really kind of stressful at times. So I think having like a good talk through with your spouse and say, okay, how long realistically is this going to happen? How long are you willing to wait? Also, uh, a couple of other good questions that we had to work through ourselves is, are you willing to handle the stress at work? I know you want to leave, but you have to consider the adoption. If you will leave, what will that mean for the adoption? Do we have the funds to save for transitioning for another modification to the home study? So very complicated stuff with the home study. But I think if you're the kind of person that sticks in one job and you're, you're there for a couple of years, you won't have as much issues. But my husband and I um, have taken other jobs for more opportunities and more income, but it is just kind of the way it happened with uh, uh, the complications with him being unemployed and me transitioning to a new job. What do you wish you had known about the international adoption process that you know now that you wish you had known sooner? I wish that people would have explained to me that the process is incredibly complicated. And I wish that someone had told me that even if you reach all of your deadlines, even if you push really hard to get things done, 
at the end of the day, you need to feel comfortable with your relationship with your spouse and the people you're working with, because those are the people that are going to help get you through. And I, I say that because um, a lot of the times when I was thinking, I, I kind of kind of blamed my husband a little bit, you know, because I wanted him to finish the home study and I wanted him to finish his paperwork. But, you know, I became kind of a nag, you know, trying to get him to do everything. And again, we're talking about that work idea, you know, your, your spouse being a business partner. And, and while that can be true in financial sense, it's not really good for a relationship. If you're having somebody constantly coming at you and saying, you didn't do this, here's all the things that you're not doing, you need to get this together, that is not healthy. So just take that out, yeah. say, okay, let's just accept that we're in this for the long haul and just take it in strides and really just make your days intentional with your spouse and plan a trip gosh, just go on vacation somewhere. If you can't go far away, just go to a spa, get a massage, go get a pedicure or something. Just do something with your spouse to get that joy back in, ease the tension. Don't talk about the adoption. Just stop for a little bit and then, you know, revisit it when you feel like you've cleared your head and you feel like, you know, you're relaxed. Um, my husband and I actually, we try to live by this we don't talk about any heated debates after 10 p.m. So if there's an issue like I really wish my husband did the laundry or he wishes I did the, you know, cleaning of the dishes, we don't talk about it at 10 because anytime after we're just going to get angry and we're going to have a terrible night. So we just don't do it. You know, it's so funny that you should bring that up because in um, my last podcast, Daniel Eck, we were talking about that. And about content communicating with your spouse and also that you uh, in a marriage you have your partnership your par equal partners and there's the boss employee relationship and the parent child relationship and so instead of telling your spouse you know I want you to go take out the trash you say you know honey it would, it would mean a lot to me if you took the trash out I'd really appreciate it yeah and and so all of a sudden it changes that that nagging you know <laughs> to to uh it would just mean so much to me if you could do that for me that it would ease my burden so much and they're like oh yeah man I could do that for you <laughs> mm -hmm. so that's really funny that you should bring that up so for people who are just listening on this episode they need to make sure they listen to Daniel Eck when he's talking about <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> those interpersonal relationship keys so yeah and I think I just want to point out one thing. And so what I, I think the naggy parent-child relationship is, I'm fortunate that we didn't have uh, any sort of children from other relationships before I was married. But um, even if you do, understanding your partner, their communication styles, and also about their personality is super important because um, my husband actually, he has ADD. And so uh, the communication style is different. So when I think that he is hearing what I'm saying, it could be that he's thinking about other things. So I've actually, I read a book about communicating with your spouse um, uh, and how to find ways around uh, with ADD specifically. And I think it's really important, you know, no matter if it's ADD or maybe it's just uh, they are really tired when they get home. So communicating at the right time, right? So if you come home and it's at the end of work, you haven't eaten dinner, you've had a long day, you're mentally still thinking about work, probably not a good time to kind of have a really serious conversation or yeah. ask 
a big ask. It's probably time for them to unwind if they have a routine to go through their after work routine. Same thing before bed. Is it a good time to talk about that? So what we tried to do is while we were working on the home study, we set kind of appointments for ourselves to specifically talk about the adoption. So between this time and this time on a Sunday afternoon, we're gonna go through this. Kind of like a homework time or a working time. And then after that, we go, okay, we already talked about it. We got it out of our system. Let's just go through our week. And that really helped a lot because I think it also helped me decrease my nag, right? Like yes. I'm still getting my questions. I'm asking them in an appropriate fashion. I'm, I'm being empathetic. I'm listening. But now, okay, I got it all out. Now you can do what you need to do. I know what I need to do. We're good. <laughs> I love that you set aside time on Sunday afternoon to be able to do that. Just it's a, it's a, a date night, so to speak, a, a money date where you specifically talk about money and, 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 and then, you know, you ask your spouse, is this a good time? Is this, is this the time that we can talk about this? Mm-hmm. So that they have time to prepare themselves mentally for that. Like, okay, they're going to talk about this big expense. I, I need to be mentally ready for that discussion. And then, mm-hmm. then, you know, this is when we're going to talk about it. And then there's no, no time to back out. <laughs> I guess you right. Know. Yeah. <laughs> this is the time you set it aside. Yeah. 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 I love that. All right. Um, anything else that you would like to share with our listeners about international adoption, preparing financially for it? Preparing financially for international adoption is, I think, an important part because you really have to make sure that you understand the cost of it, number one, and the time that you invest. Because I think it's more than just your finances, tr- truly, because it's your time, right? Your emotions, because you're going to put in all this time investing hours and hours over paperwork. Also, you're going to spend time talking with your with your spouse or your partner, and you're going to spend time reviewing things online, reading things, and thinking about them. So you really, 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 truly, you want to understand what is it that you are looking for in your family that you want to have, that you want to bring to your child? What kinds of experiences are you looking forward for your child? And just really holding on to those exciting ideas because it can be easy to get really pushed down when things don't go your way. There's a delay. The money is really running tight. So you really have to team together to really make it happen and really just um, think about what kind of a lifestyle do I want to have with my children and I think it's a lot easier said than done but I think it's super important and I think I'm going to keep going here but your, your spouse is your most important player absolutely because everyone else is going to have their opinions everyone else will ask you how things are going but at the end of the day you have to crawl into bed at night and say are we good? And if you're not good, if this is causing so much stress, you really need to have somebody to talk to. And whether that's a counselor, whether it's a financial coach, no matter who it is, you really need to find the ability to communicate, to be open, to be vulnerable. And honestly, there will be nights when you will cry so many nights, but at the end of the day, it will be worth it when you get your child and it'll be so great. And I can't wait. And I'm really happy to meet people like you who have adopted and other people in my life because they will remind you it's totally worth it. It is. It really is. I'm, I'm really excited for you on this journey, Melody. And thank you so much for sharing with us about your, your process towards your international adoption from the Philippines. And, and I, I just have to say, um, mahal kita. <laughs> thank you. 
um, it, one day um, a small child will be able to say that to you and it will oh. really touch your heart. You make me cry. You may be wondering how you can also create the same vision and direction that Melody talked about today in our podcast. And that's what Family Money Coaching does. Go to our website at familymoneycoaching.org and click on appointments. Schedule your discovery session today. We will help you create a vision and a roadmap to help you improve your finances and create that intentional spending, that intentional savings. Um, we also have our Love and Money series to help you learn how to resolve conflicts in your marriage about money and techniques on how to improve your communication about money. Go to familymoneycoaching.org, click on appointments and schedule your Love and Money or Discovery session today. Until next time, live your financial life with intention.